Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. She is a comedian and panelist from the Now You've Seen It podcast, Alice Lauren. And he is Curtis Blaze of the Better Off Dead Minute and Time Bandits Minute podcasts. It may take us years to get anywhere. We'll have no money, no decent place to live. We'll have to work, get kicked around. But at least we have this episode! Mirror alert. Oh my god. Okay, hold on, hold on. I gotta listen to this. It's happening. <laughs> and it's even a mirrored door. This guy likes mirrors. Okay, what were you oh my godding about? <laughs> we what? are ending this week the same way we began it. Is this a porn pa- is this a porn parody? What? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that how we began it? I don't know. Watch the look at the mirror shenanigans that are going on here. Yeah. These padded walls, that's what I think. Oh, no, 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 no. Watch. Start it. Okay, go to second 22. Oh, from 22? Okay. Let's see. Second 22. Okay, here's what I want you to Second 22. Here's what I want you to see. Okay. Okay, and the shot ends at 28. So mirror, mirror, mirror. They're shooting in a mirror. Okay, so the camera is yeah. pointed at a mirror in which we can see... Uh, we can see a lot of mirror. I'm confused because we see, like, I'm going to assume a, a maid... Or like like the bathroom attendant, right? I mean, uh, right. Right. And then, right. and then, and then it like swings over, and you see them in more the mirror. mirrors. <laughs> okay, this is really stupid. But like, where the maid, a uh, bathroom attendant is, is that like is is she in front of them, and that's a mirror, or she's Hold no? Because I mean, they're in a mirror too. Here, here's I, I guess I'm just kind of confused. Or is it like an extra place? I've never seen a I've never seen a bathroom with padded walls, so I'm just really confused where they are. <laughs> That's where the camera starts out, reflecting into that mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see the girls from the side that way. Yeah. And then the and then the camera like swings over, it moves to the right, and it moves and it and it pans left, so that we're looking at them in that front mirror. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. It felt like it was a really weird camera shot. But what that means is that. That door <laughs> is behind the camera, and when she says the, that money isn't everything, that the attendant is off to their left then. Well, so like when they're both like basically the rest of the, the shot where they're just looking in the, in the mirror doing their makeup, and the attendant feels, it seems like off to their right. But she is there, right, in like a separate room? Or no, well, no, but it's all mirrors. Oh, oh. oh okay, I see what you're saying. I see what, I see what you're saying. How she's off to the left. The door also has a mirror on it. Yeah, that's right. Let me look at how this door works. You're right, you're right. Because... Like, the attendant walks up between them, and two ladies leave. And then they shut that, and that's a mirror. That's a mirror. The door is a mirror, too. Right. So we're not looking in another room. Okay, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's all one room. Okay, I'm on board. And then it swings. The whole camera moves to the right, and it pans to the left, to go back around and get them this way. So we're getting this mirror shot. So what we're in here is the ladies' room at this uh, ballroom. Yeah, which is nice. A nice padded wall, 
ladies' room. That's that's the dream. <laughs> in case in case someone goes crazy. But did you notice? In case someone goes crazy. Did you notice at the beginning of this minute? We start off with with Marie dumping her purse out on the table. Now, yeah. Close your eyes once and listen to this, and tell me what you hear. God, that's a lot of interesting sounds. Does she have beans in her purse? <laughs> beans? <laughs> Did you hear like a, a little piece of change? Right, yeah, like, like like change or beans. Like she has a lot of loose materials in her purse. Lots of little. It is, yeah, it is really weird when you close your eyes. Yeah, you're like, what are these? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like beans or change or yeah. But then when you open your eyes and you watch the scene, what actually is coming out is, let's see if the sounds even match. Yeah, they don't match. It's like her compact and... Her compact comes out, and then a tiny little piece of change, and then... And like more compact. It's like she has... How many compacts does she... She has so much makeup. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's the same thing. Oh, it's it's like her compact and the powder. The compact and the powder and some sort of... And lipstick comb. Those are the things that come out of her purse. I mean, it looks like a, like when you were saying about, like, she's dumping coke out of her purse, I thought I saw, like, a vial, you know, and I was like, <laughs> is that what you're referring to? That might have been her lipstick, but... And an eyebrow pen goes between the compact and the... An eyebrow pencil also goes between the compact and the powder. Gets caught down yeah. in between there. And also, there's one single piece of change. So, those are the things that come out. Yeah. Yeah, the sounds don't... The sounds hilariously don't match. It sounds like she just dumped, you know, 78 cents worth of pennies and quarters and stuff out of her purse. <laughs> yeah. So, so my question is... Her chapstick... Wait, oh, oh, okay. It looked like her chapstick was about to fall off the table. That was actually pretty amazing. Like, the edge of the table, they made it so nothing falls off. Because I bet that's what happened. Like, you know, dump your purse out, and then suddenly, yeah, it's got whatever it's got. It's got that kind of padded edge. Yeah, not after, but yeah, it has an edge. Yeah, but I bet that they decided to put that in because I'm sure you dump your purse and there's just take after take of like her shits all over the floor. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think they? Do you think they built this set? I don't know. I mean, I mean, 1946. Like, what did they put? Because you see, she's. I mean, she's she's struggling to you know keep that that lipstick. You see, like the it looks like chapstick to me, but. The chapstick like rolls. She like rolls down. She's like, oh no no no, you know, puts it back up, and then she like, and then it rolls again. I've never felt more acutely aware of like, <laughs> like how we're analyzing little things. Like this is very very meta. But I just <laughs> right now I'm like, really? Am I talking about chapstick rolling on a table? But yeah. <laughs> but I I wonder if like it was just take after take of it just rolling down. And rolling on the floor, and they're like, "That's it." Well, and then the other thing that's the other thing that's going on in the scene is like, how many ashtrays does one table need? Wait, hold on. I did not notice that. Oh, wait. I didn't even notice the ashtrays. Is that big thing an ashtray? I don't know. Or or maybe that's a place know. to keep soap. That 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 big thing in the fore yeah that big thing in the in the foreground. Yeah. That looks like it has clouds in it. It has cotton in it. <laughs> uh, that looks like uh, towels, probably. Oh, maybe. Those those clouds. Oh, the big thing with the cottons. Those are cotton balls. Those are, okay. Okay, so each side of the table has has the same things, because there's a cotton ball holder over on Peggy's side, too. I want a cotton ball holder. Same design. Mm. Like, the dish is the same design. Yeah. 
So, I thought that's what you meant by ashtrays. I was like, what, what are the ashtrays? Well, okay, like? no. Like, okay, on Peggy's side, if you go from her cotton ball mm-hmm. holder and draw a line to yeah. Peggy, between them is the ashtray. Okay. And it's the same thing over on Marie's side. She's got an ashtray right next to her powder. And the, and the mirror, her little, like, her little hand mirror. Which right. Guy, how many mirrors do you need? Yeah. <laughs> All of them. You need a hand mirror, too. <laughs> how do you stay looking like You're Marie? Right. Well, it's, it's a really good setup because you've got the you've got the tables that you can sit at. So check this out. There are one, two, three. There are three, like, you know, sticky-outy parts that are curvy on this table. So there could be three mm-hmm. ladies sitting here, and there's three mirrors that they could be sitting at. And they're all kind of pointing at this at a mirror, if that makes sense. So each little round table is is centered in front of a mirror. So there could be three people doing their doing their makeup in a mirror. Yeah. And they've got, and they yeah. got lights all over. Yeah. And then they've got the big stand up mirror right before you leave the room, so you can check your whole outfit. Yes, perfect. Oh, this is the dream ladies' room. <laughs> Wait, but like, how does it smell in there? I mean, what? How does this work? You've got all these. You've got all this cloth and stuff, like, retaining all the smell. <laughs> yeah, this is not sanitary. Are there toilets? Or is this vanity? There's no toilets. Yeah, you would think, but I don't see any, I don't, I don't see any toilets, so. Well, okay, so they're probably not know. showing them because it's a movie. Yeah. It's like nobody ever goes to the bathroom on TV. My guess would be the attendant is between the toilets and the sort of vanity part. Yeah. Like, you'd walk past her to get to the... To the toilet part. And maybe even maybe it even has its own door. Or it's like sometimes, like, I don't know, sometimes there's like a vanity, like, room, and then you go in and there's like toilets through the next door, so maybe that's it, too. Yeah, I bet that's it, because of how, like, how fancy this place is. Yeah, like, like, you'll go, like, in a department store or something, it'll be like, the first door will be like couches and, you know, whatever, and... And like a mirror, and then you open the next door, and it's yeah. Is that it's something? Like is that something that's kind of routine out in the world? Am I? Since I'm a guy, am I just? I not... don't. Right. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm, I'm saying this like you know. Yeah. I don't know. I you know. I remember when I was little, I was like, "Mom, why is there a couch in this bathroom <laughs> or wow. a chair or something?" And my mom was just like, "Oh, my mom's like, oh, sometimes women, you know, need the couch or." <laughs> I f- I feel like maybe it's for breastfeeding. That would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. I think it is. I think when I was little, I thought, like, what? Is it, like, a monthly cramps, you know, thing? Sometimes women need to lay down. I, I don't know. Sometimes women get the vapors. And, Sometimes. You know, they need a couch in the bathroom. Excellent. That's it. You're out at the club. You see a hot guy. You get the vapors. You got to go lay down in the bathroom. <laughs> That's we we solved the we solved the mystery. We solved it. We solved it. That's why women need it. Yeah. When you are doing your makeup, like, do you dump your purse out like this so you just have access to everything, or do you pick through your purse? No. Yeah, pick through it. Yeah, I don't. Why would you dump your stuff out to do your makeup? Like maybe, but like that's how stuff gets lost. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I like one by one. That's what I like. Get one thing out. Especially work on when it. I used to do it. Yeah, well, especially I used to do my makeup on the bus. So, like, I'm not dumping my purse out under the bus seats. <laughs> like, <laughs> just next to you, Ali Sheedy know. style from Breakfast Club. Just imagine you just dump it out on the floor. Yeah. Just on your hands and knees picking through it. Got a little pet compact mirror yeah. and you're doing your... 
Yeah, or, or or now, you know, you do it, yeah, with your, your phone's camera or, uh, yeah. I don't know if women, well, I'm not saying women don't have compacts. I have one. But <laughs> I don't know. they really like mirrors in this <laughs> in this film because I love that they just have, they, they're even using their hand mirrors, the mirror on the wall, the, the full length, yeah. They both got a hand mirror in front of them. They both got, like, there's so many mirrors in this movie. It's the best mirrors of our lives. The best mirrors of our lives. That's right. Is it is it theirs or like is it is it provided by the bathroom? I assume I, I'm guessing it's provided by the bathroom because or by the uh, ballroom because girl, where did you girl, where did your hand mirror come out of? Like, what do they have a purse? Of, do they have a purse of holding? Like, what's going on here? I want a purse of holding. <laughs> I swear, I know some women that have a purse of holding. I, I have a purse of holding, now that I think about it. <laughs> I absolutely do. <laughs> How did this come out of that? What is going on? Well, I mean, they seem to have little clutch purses, or at least I'm seeing Marie's purse is, is pretty small. So yeah, I don't think that there's... I don't think that she's got a hand mirror out of there. Moving on to the actual conversation they're having, this is just blowing Peggy's mind. Oh, it really is, yeah. I feel like this is the first... I feel like I'm seeing her... Like, her face looks kind of different like i don't know like well explain to me what I, you I'm think because to... i was going to ask you a question about that but now since you brought it up without me biasing you tell me what you think i don't like i don't want to be mean i don't want to like criticize a woman's looks but like for some reason seeing her in the mirror she looks almost like like older like suddenly you're like oh there was a 40 year old woman playing this teenager the whole time like i don't know like it almost like she I was gonna ask you that. Well, she has like wrinkles, right? Right. I, I was gonna. I was gonna ask if that. If you were also under that impression, looking at this one now, because Marie the whole time has been, uh, you know, like a hottie. <laughs> a hottie, yeah. And we we kind of estimated in earlier minutes that they're both probably in their thirties. She and Fred. Maybe she's late. Yeah. Maybe she's late twenties. Mm-hmm. But now it's like a. Uh, I don't know. They, but they almost both look like they're in, in their 40s all of a sudden. And, like, I wasn't saying that about Peggy before, you know? I mean, maybe I didn't think she was, like, a teenager, but I think we've talked about in previous minutes, she was, like, maybe, I feel like in her 20s, like, like, an actress in, like, her 20s or, you know, something. Like, she could be, like, 23 or something. Like, everyone looked old back then. But but, but now, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, see, it was jarring seeing her in the mirror almost like, like it looks like she's wearing no makeup. Which I think we talked about before too. We're like, oh no, she has this makeup. She has, you know. Right. She's got what we what we call walking around makeup. Just walking around makeup, not going out makeup. And but yeah, like it's like I just see wrinkles. I see. I oh, I hate like I hate like speaking like this about someone. But like, she looks kind of weathered. She looks like she's she, she's she's been through a lot in this night and or this day. This day is aging her. And <laughs> that's what it is. It's we've got a we've got an in movie explanation <laughs> that's it. for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these days aging her, but it's, yeah, it's I don't know. It's so it's so bizarre um, that she yeah she just looks like a tired woman. <laughs> she looks like I hate it. Oh, I hate it. Okay. No, yeah, but that is what I was going to ask you. If they seem to look older to you than yeah. than in previous scenes. So what's going on here is probably just the light. We've got a little bit of sideways light. It's not shining right in their faces, and I don't know how much. We do have we do have overhead light hitting them. There's 
There's actual movie lighting going on here. But something about it... That was true, yeah. Like, it's bouncing off the table or something, because it's coming up on Peggy, and it's, and it's making her look like she has eye bags. Yeah, and, I mean, makeup does crack, too. Yeah. So, But I don't know how much she was wearing, but... But it would be perfect if they wanted it to be perfect for a movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, when did she get this makeup on? Like, I don't know. Like, if she's been wearing it all day... Then I can understand, like, yeah, makeup kind of wears off, and obviously that's why you're reapplying and powdering your nose and stuff. So, and they would just they would just keep putting that on all the time. But it could be, you know, late at night, and they just want to get the shot done, and she looks fine, and let's go. You can't show men your true skin. These eyebrows, though, are a sight to be seen. <laughs> they are perfection. That is a look. <laughs> she almost looks like someone. Marie looks like someone, maybe like. Got work done. I wonder how that was. Back then, I don't think about plastic surgery as much. Oh, no way. No way. In, in decades past. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of work they did, but everything that's going on here is lighting. They've got they've got her cheekbones in the light and then immediate shadow behind that. They've got, they've got the lighting so that it isn't hitting, so that it isn't going to her neck or anything. Everything's in the darkness. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Marie is kind of the golden child, yeah. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, like, explain this. If you can, if you can look at, like... But I'm seeing what you mean, like, like, her shoulders, like, it's very dark on, on her shoulders, and, like... Right, they've got the... Yeah. What they're doing is they're having the light come in at an angle compared to the camera so that it makes their arms look thinner. Mm, okay. And it makes their, it makes their face look thinner. And it de-emphasizes any, any jowling or double chins that might be happening. And then on her back, they've got the light coming in at a different angle sideways to emphasize her, um, what do you call it, shoulder blades. So in your mind then, as your mind fills that in, she seems to be thinner back there and slightly more muscly. So it doesn't look like there's back fat. And the place where the, and the, place where the straps are cutting in because it's a little tight, They've got that in the darkness, so that you don't just see that blam right in your face. That's it. You're the you're the you're the expert. I am hiring you for all my photography needs. Uh, <laughs> the fact that you know all of that. They're they're doing some things here, is all I'm saying. But then it's weird yeah. to me. They're doing that for Marie, but then for Peggy, they've got this light light coming up from underneath of her, making her look like she has baggy eyes. It's like sitting right next yeah. to her, which is just so weird. And the only explanation I can think of is that the way that they're making her look slightly more fit with her back muscles, that same light is hitting Peggy and casting a little bit of a shadow from her nose underneath of her eye. Yeah. Because then when she she turns and looks into where that light source would be coming from, then those bags disappear. We need to talk about what uh, Maria tells Peggy in this scene. Oh, yeah, the dialogue. That sounds like a good thing. <laughs> so, here's what we learned about Fred. Oh, well, the first thing we learned is that Woody is rich. Yeah, Woody's rich. How did uh, Maria put it? I, I think she was trying to go after Woody a bit, too. I mean, as we, we talked about last time with, like, you know, aren't you going to dance? Yes, I'd love to dance. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's ready. She's gold digging. Uh, uh, well, according to Maria, Woody's family owns half the city, practically. And we're not talking some small town city. A social climber. Yeah. Yeah. It's Ohio. So. 
What's what's a city in Ohio? Toledo? Toledo would be an Ohio city. All right, all right. My friend is saying Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus. Oh, 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 Cleveland and Cincinnati. Bless, I forgot those. I'm sure someone in Ohio is like, what? Ever heard of Cleveland or Cincinnati? That's all right. We're making them squirm. <laughs> I think they're baby sweats. Okay, so this movie takes place, <laughs> baby sweet, takes place in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. So we now have some, now we have some context. That is definitely a place. Wow, crazy. Okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm almost there. Cincinnati started in the year 1788. And the first, it, it was called Losanteville. And then they built Fort Washington. And then two years later, it got renamed to Cincinnati. Oh. Wow, weird. Okay, so 1946. So the population of Cincinnati at the time that it, at the time that this movie depicts was about a half million people. So if Woody's family practiced, so what's a town with a half million people in New York that you would understand? Um, I don't even know. I know we you had to look up how many were in Rochester. So I am not good at populations. That does sound enormous, though. Like half the city. This is yeah, like you said, it's not a small town. It's not like he owns the general store and the post office. Well, who owns the post office? I don't know. Half <laughs> million is pretty is pretty good. We we if I remember right, we figured out that Rochester had two hundred fifty thousand people in that neighborhood. So like twice the time, twice the size of your town. So Woody's rich, and her advice to him is jump on that lap. Jump on it. The romance will come later. Money will buy all the romance you need. That's kind of Maria's way of living. Was Fred more, like, was he richer before? Is that what they were, is that what they were trying to say? Like. Oh, you mean as far as Fred goes? Um, I, I, what I'm wondering is if Fred was maybe more wealthy or, you know, had a higher social status or something where Marie would have married him and then now is he, like, Disappointing. Like, I, I was he's disappointing her now with the thirty two fifty a week, but I just <laughs> didn't know if like there was like a financial change, you know. Oh yeah, uh, Marie actually explains it in this minute. Oh, did I miss the part <laughs> where he was? He was something before the army, right? They'll tell you that money isn't everything. Maybe it isn't, but boy, how it helps. Do you know that when Fred was away, I was drawing over five hundred dollars a month. I mean, from his army pay plus the job I had. Now the two of us got to live on what Fred gets from being a drugstore cowboy. Thirty-two fifty a week. Yeah, but like, what was he before the army? Like, if she was, he worked at the drugstore. Okay, so he, but he was he not making? Was he making more money where she was satisfied with that, or no? Was it kind of like okay, well, I don't think yeah. they say it explicitly, but he meets her when she's young. They're both younger. It's before the war, five years ago, whatever it was. And yeah, maybe it's it, like they were in love, like they were in love, and then now she's just completely and then jaded. Go, and well, and then he goes off to the to the army, and she starts being a private dancer or whatever she's doing. Plus, he's you know all of his money is sent home, so she's getting all that good army money, which is a lot more than being a soda jerk. Yeah, and so she got used to that, and now and now he's back. That's true, because yeah, because I feel like she was she was making money during that that time. Right, she was making money, like, plus like, she was getting all of his money. 
Oh, yes. Wait, is that how it, that's how it works, though? Like, when someone's away? It can be. It depends on how you set it up. They picked up their pay from the paymaster on the base. Whatever base they were at, they had money to pay people with. And then those guys would send money home. But you could also set it up to go automatically so that a certain amount goes home and a certain amount goes to you just so that you can, you know, buy toothbrushes and and food and stuff. Yeah, because there's still stuff to spend money on while you're over there, right? I mean, depending. I don't know. You know, there's different rules, obviously. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's not like when you're at war, you don't you don't need money for yourself. Yeah. The stores are the stores are still open in France when you're uh, inv- when you're marching through getting rid of Nazis. <laughs> I I can just imagine you're just trying to you're invading France and then you stop it and you're like hello may I please have a croissant here you go here's my money like. <laughs> well, you know you got. I, I was thinking more. I was thinking more ladies. You're so polite. <laughs> oh, true, true, ladies. I was. <laughs> I was thinking more about croissants than ladies, but okay, okay. <laughs> We're not necessarily on a different page. <laughs> it's all about just something to make the war seem a little a little more bright, a little less dark. <laughs> a croissant, a lady. Yeah. Pastries. <laughs> croissant, a lady. Um, and then, so then I, mean, I mean, since we're talking about the money aspect now, when she says, oh, he you know, brings home thirty two fifty, is that... Not a lot at that time. Is that a lot? Like, Peggy seems horrified. <laughs> I don't know if she's horrified because, like, what? That's so much. Or if she's horrified because, oh, that's so little. Or, oh, it doesn't matter. You, That's your husband. Yeah. I think she's horrified because she is jealous of Marie. And she's horrified mm-hmm. that Marie would talk such trash about Fred. And that Marie yeah. doesn't appreciate what she's got. And Peggy is just like, oh my god, you don't even deserve this man. I have man. to work to get him, and you're married to him? Yeah, yeah. And you're just throwing him away and talking trash about him to other people behind his back. I would never. That's what that look says to me. Yeah. I'm going to clickety-clack here. The average income for a family in 1946 was $3,000 a year. Mm-hmm. 32.5 times 52 weeks is 1690 now, hold on. A- an average individual in 1946 made $1,100. So Fred is actually kind of doing okay. Yeah. He's making almost uh, almost 25% more than the average person did at that time. And he's definitely not making, you know, she says they were banging 500 a month. Yeah. And that was just her plus or well, his, her plus his money is 500 Her money and his money together equaled uh, 500 Okay. So... They went from $6,000 a year to $1,600 a year when he got out of the army. Mm-hmm. So she's complaining, but at the same time, ouch. Yeah, I mean, it is, as I said before, kind of partial. Like, well, that's still your husband. like. Right. You know, and okay, yeah, I, I, I get it. But, like, I like him, and you're just talking about money right now. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Maria has this line. She goes, poor Fred. I guess you think he's an awful sourpuss. And Peggy looks like she's just yearning to scream. No! No, I do not! (laughs) I think you're a sourpuss, yeah. (laughs) She says that the army had an awful effect on him. We're back to the theme of the movie here about uh, people having a hard time adjusting when they come home. Yeah. Well, even the fact that he has to be a drugstore cowboy when he comes home, because I'm, I'm assuming not that much work for him. 
Well, he couldn't find anything. Remember, he was looking all over, and he just ended up, you know, back at the same place. Yeah. And he even has, like, the idiot that used to work with him now is his boss. And is bossing him around, making him feel bad. Mm-hmm. Younger and stupider, and now he's his boss. Well, and then this minute ends with Peggy saying something very revealing, I think. Let's set this up a little bit. Where are we landing right now, Alice, yeah, on on Peggy's plan? Uh, because there's two ways to read this. I mean, is it kind of like befriend the wife to stay in his life? or? Uh, okay. But. I, well, I think her plan really is to take Fred and Marie out and prove to herself that she doesn't have any feelings for Fred. Yeah. But then when well, Marie... what is it that she says at the end? Be... Yeah. Well, at the end she goes, you don't think Fred's really going to be satisfied with that job, do you? I think she's trying to t- reason with Marie. Trying to tell Marie, you know, Fred's going to Fred's gonna rise to the challenge. He's going to be a better man in the future. You, you guys aren't going to make this amount of money forever. Like she's, trying to, she, like, she's trying to get Marie to appreciate what she's got. Yeah. And I have a... But I have to... So you have to see exactly what she says, because, like, her face... Yeah, so when you see her face, and it was... It's, it's so funny, because she just goes, like, what the... And then instead of, like, saying, you know, the F word, she's just like, what the, Fred? <laughs> and I think that's amazing. Oh, my God! Yeah. <laughs> what the Fred? Because <laughs> at first, it's you know, before I kind of caught the the, it just seemed like she was kind of, like... It was just the most modern, like, it was the most modern sass because she was looking at her face like, what? Like, she just, she just can't was, believe what she's hearing here. It took me right out of the time period because I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> I don't think about women of the 40s being like, what? <laughs> but no, she perfectly is like, what the? And then, yeah, that's fantastic. We have definitely solved the mystery of what Peggy's plan is because she is just disgusted with Marie. That what the just mm-hmm. seal, seals the deal. She can't believe Marie. She's not even trying to be friends. She Yeah, she can't believe Marie is just so disgusted by Fred. To her, Fred is the perfect oh my god, the, <laughs> Oh my god, the army just took so much out of him. Uh, like, shut up. Just, I, I mean, I think it's just really sad that she's saying that the romance comes later, you know? Like, all right, all right, you know? Make the money. I don't know, I think you should jump on that. <laughs> Well, it's funny. That's exactly uh, like like, like she, she has regrets. Like these are her own regrets, and she's talking about her experience. Like, take it because I didn't. We know later that she's going to leave Fred, and mm-hmm. it makes me wonder if like she was kind of keeping an eye out for Woody. Ooh, well, it it just seemed that way from that like you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, are are you finished dancing? Oh no, let's dance. <laughs> like almost as if he invited her to dance. Like I'm still. It was so suspicious. Like. Well, she's, she's a, still like right in front, of, in front of Fred's face, like, "Oh, hey, yeah, I'll dance with you." You know, it probably he probably would enjoy it. He, if she came and looked him up after the after she and Fred broke up, his family has half the money in Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, whatever. A beautiful girl in my arm. Romance comes later. The the thing in the beginning, I'm trying to. There's like a word that I'm not understanding, which keeps happening. So she's saying, in the beginning, Woody's a cute boy. Yeah, so Woody's a cute boy. He's a lot of fun. Certainly. Oh, he's a... Is she saying he's a terrific... He has a terrific... What? A terrific hand for you? That's what I'm trying to figure. Okay, I'm going to quote it to you. Gee, Woody's a cute boy. Okay. He's a lot of fun. He's got Mm -hmm. a lot of dough, too. His Mm -hmm. family owns half the city, practically. 
He certainly has a something in for you, Petty. Peggy. Is that the word you're trying to figure out? He has a terrific hand for you? Like, like this, like this would be like a terrific hand that you're dealt, basically? Is that what? I, wow. <laughs> is this the, is this the more hose all over again or whatever? <laughs> more hose! <laughs> <laughs> now be careful, Peggy darling. Woody has a lot of hose. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not going to allow you to drag us down again, Alice. Uh, no, no, we are still on the up and up. I just found the script. Okay. Okay. <sighs> I found the script. Traffic later, bye-bye. Here we go. This will be our last topic that we're doing here. I'm going to figure this out. Thank you, Mr. Pew. Maybe. Fred needs a better hairdo. I don't want you mixed up with a heel. I'm quite fond of Peggy. I happen to be quite fond of Peggy. I... I don't want her mixed up with a heel. I haven't called you a heel yet, chum. That's right. Dad has fighting words later. Here we go. What's wrong with their marriage? Fred and Marie? Okay, here, I'll, I'll, read, the, I'll read the script to you. Here we go. Gee, Woody's a cute boy. He's a lot of fun. He's got a lot of dough, too. His family owns half the city. He has a terrific yen for you. What? He has a terrific yen for you. That's not what I would have guessed. <laughs> there we go. He has a terrific, he has a terrific yen for you. I don't want to butt into your affairs, but if you take my advice, you'll grab Woody. Woody and I are good friends, but there's no romance. She goes, never mind the romantic part. That takes care of itself. I speak from experience. Wow. Well, apparently not, girl. <laughs> <sighs> Man. Because it did not take care of itself, did it? Let's uh. Let's talk about this movie, Alice. We're at the we're at the end of our last minute here, and yeah, we've probably watched this movie now ten times a piece because we kept forgetting what happened in it over the year that it took us to record ten episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Before you saw this movie, had you seen this movie? I said that weird. Before this, I... before this movies by minutes thing came up, had you seen this movie? No. Okay. So you watched it for the first time in order to play our little game. Yeah, and I don't think I'd even heard about it. I don't think so. I'm trying to remember any, like, podcast, you know, title or something. I don't even, I don't think so. Well, I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those very old movies, and it seems like you don't yeah. even, you haven't even seen a lot of new movies. Or I mean, it was very good from what I remember when I saw it last year. <laughs> <laughs> or famous movies. Uh, did it? The thing that was surprising to me about this movie is that I didn't really expect. Let me say that differently. When I set out to watch all of the top 100 movies according to the American Film Institute of the 20th century. They they put out this list in 1998, so that's that's when that's the list I was going off of. And when I got to this one, I thought this movie was going to be like kind of a stupid MGM musical style movie. You know, the oh. it's called the best years of our lives. It's really super old, so I was expecting like a fun loving, you know, kind of war movie thing. And what I instead got was this sort of. Heartbreaking tale of people who aren't able to adjust coming home after the war. And it surprised me because I didn't realize that World War II veterans had a hard time adjusting because 
from all the movies and television footage and coverage that I saw, World War II seemed like just kind of a fun war. I'm saying this now as a person who was, you know, 25 when I saw this movie. Or, uh, well, 30 when I saw this movie. I didn't really have a concept of World War II being this awful thing because the movies that had come out about it were kind of about how fun World War II was. People were dancing, lots of romance, you know. And then this movie came along. I, I, I guess you're right, yeah. yeah. And it, and I mean, it, I guess I didn't think it would be peppy, but how interesting. Well, yeah, so, I mean, that was that was my attitude going into it, and I was very pleasantly surprised that it was this, you know, mature movie about the horrors of readjusting to a civilian life after the war and how hard that actually is. And the fact that it was made right after World War II when Elvis was making movies about how fun war is. <laughs> what was your uh, what was your kind of take on it as you watched it? What were you expecting, first yeah. of all? Right, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right, best years of our lives just sound like a peppy, you know, cool <laughs> musical and everything, but, I mean, I think just kind of when I was reading the description, and I was like, okay, it's going to be kind of a somber war movie, man, it's really weird that it, you know, came out so, so quickly after the war, that is, that's quite a feat, but, um, but yeah, I, I didn't expect it to really be great, I, you know, there's a lot of movies that are known to be these, you know, wonderful movies on the AFI, or they win, you know, they win Oscars, you know, more recently in the last few years, and I hate them, but this one, I just, it was just great, it still had the glamour, it still had, you know, obviously the the horrors of coming back from war, but it, it wasn't boring, it wasn't, I don't know, I don't necessarily know how to describe it, it's just, it's it's actually such a great movie. <laughs> That was a surprising thing to me, too, that it wasn't played up for melodrama. Yeah, how, that's what it is. How, am I, how, was I not, how was I not bored? I was like, oh, well, this isn't quite my subject matter, but, you know, that's okay. No, it, it ended up really becoming my subject matter, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it just seems like, it almost seems like they traveled in time back from the 70s and 80s, when they really had a good handle on how to make movies, and then made a movie with perfect lighting and acting that was real, not over, overly drill, melodramatic, not overly melodramatic, and all the people felt like real people, and all the things that happened into it in in the movie felt like they could happen. It was all realistic, and just, I don't know, I just I just loved it. And it wasn't at all what I expected it was going to be. And it was way better than I. Th- it still, it, it still had the romance. Yeah, still, it still had the, the romance, and and because there were so many, or the the few different men that we meet that that come home, they all have these really different stories from physical injuries to finding a, a job to how their you know how their marriages are, and it it's it's really it's such an just a fascinating portrait. Yeah, the fact that there are just these three different portraits of guys in Cincinnati. <laughs> In the different ways that they're they're dealing with it, and the different ways their families are dealing with it. What was the the reaction to this? Then I wonder. Like, you mean at the time? Like this must have made quite a splash. I don't know. I mean, it must have. It probably became, obviously classics develop over time, but I just wonder like what people thought at that point. Like that's that's really real, and you are literally well, you know you you relate to all of these men or some of these men. According to Wikipedia, 
because I was also I was also curious about that, so I looked it up. According to Wikipedia, it was a commercial and critical success. Everybody loved it. It was the sixth most attended film of all time in the United Kingdom, with over 20 million tickets sold. What? Yeah. Like, were it, people ready to see this so soon? Well, you know, <laughs> almost all of the adult men in the entire world had just got done fighting in war and could relate. That's true, yeah. And they were probably like, "Hun, you, you got to come see this. Dragging their wives along. The people who don't want to face it probably didn't go through it. Probably. I mean, depending. I mean, obviously, there's varying levels of PTSD, but, like, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> you you, you want to see yourself represented on screen. And you want to see it quick. Yeah. Like, right away. Well, it says, again, I'm, I'm, this is from Wikipedia. This isn't me just knowing. Um, it said that Samuel Goldwyn, he was inspired to produce this movie after reading an August 7, 1944 article in Time about the difficulties experienced by men returning to civilian life. That's when he hired McKinley Cantor to write the screenplay. And so, if you're, if you're curious, uh, the, it was first published as a novella called Glory for Me. So did they have input? I mean, there's a lot of sources, but did they have input from real veterans? or? Well, the guy that plays Homer actually didn't have hands because he lost them in the war. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And so that guy would be there to tell him something or other. That's true. They, they probably had a, a unfortunate wealth of people to, to speak to. Probably people work. Well, I mean, besides him, the people working on the movie. Yeah. I mean, it was like all men. <laughs> I have this opportunity to say that the town they're in, all you people that are screaming, you can quit screaming. They actually called it Boone City, but it was modeled after Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> stop screaming, listeners. Yes. Stop your. <laughs> stop yelling at. You. Stop throwing your phone across the room and cursing us, cursing our names. Yeah, it was pretty much considered a masterpiece when it came out. Oh, yeah. Well, Allison, it's been a glorious two weeks. <laughs> oh, my God. Talking about the best oh, lives. It has. The best years <laughs> of our lives. Every single episode. Oh, I'm going to miss it. I know. <laughs> like we, should, we should do some podcasts together in the future. We should. A podcast all about my, my movie blind spots is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you're in movie blind spots. I don't feel like you don't have any... I, uh, I I watch. My goal is to watch every movie that comes out. I'm wow. just a fat. I'm just a fat old man who's got nothing to do but have a second TV on while I'm editing crap. Hey, why not? So, uh, so I guess this is goodbye or raw. We are we are done. You can find the Best Minute Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. You can find The Best Minutes Podcast on Facebook at Butch's Place, The Best Years of Our Lives, Listener's Cafe, and on Twitter at The Best Minutes. You might not know this, but there are over 170 other Movies by Minutes podcasts available at moviesbyminutes.com. I'm Curtis Blaze, and you can find me at thetimebanditsminute.com and blazeportraits.com. And I'm Alice Lauren, and you can find me on Twitter at PodSocialite and on TikTok at PodcastSocialite. Join us here next time on the Best Minutes Podcast. Good, Good night. night! Hey, Joe.
You better hurry up out there, because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor. 